I'm ready, and I'm forced all. And this is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. Hello to all of you. Thank you for listening. I pray that you get something out of these. I pray that in at episode 127 that you have heard something that has helped you in your growth in God. I am not more focused on being entertaining as much as I am being a, an edifier. I want to edify. The only reason I cut this mic on on this beautiful day is because I want to make sure that I say something to someone that can draw their eyes, their heart, their mind, their hands, and their feet closer to God's will. Hopefully that's what's being done. Housekeeping. RealChurchMatters.com is the place to be. All you do is type that in there. If you're not familiar with Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the other hosting places, just go to RealChurchMatters.com and then you can go and click as many of those episodes you like. You can give from there too if you like. You know what? I got paid this week. I just want to bless the brother, bless the podcast that's been a blessing in my life. I also would love for y'all to kind of just leave a message. It's a place in there where you can leave a voicemail. Just you can send an encouragement to me or I would rather you give a testimony to how maybe an episode impacted you, helped you in some way. It's right in there. So when you go to RealChurchMatch.com, you'll see it where you can leave a voice message. And I'd appreciate that, too. I'd also appreciate your financial support. So you can go on there and you'll see a place where you can do it. Also, if you don't like that or you're better served to do it another way, Patreon.com forward slash Real Church Matters does the trick as well. That is used to supplement the cost that is involved with producing a podcast and making it accessible in each and every medium. I love you all. Appreciate you. A year ago was episode 88. In episode 88, we said love by faith and not by sight. Very nice episode. Take a listen. Two years ago, episode 38, success through obedience. It was an awesome episode. I don't profess myself to be a business coach or a life coach. I think of myself as an eternal life coach. And I want to help you to get yourself lined up with God. So success through obedience kind of goes into those uh, respects. I hope you enjoy those or go back and listen to them. Uh, I'll also share your favorite ones. What I want to do is uh, we did it one time. I want to do it this year too. 12 days of uh, Christmas in each of those days. I go back and listen to an episode that you said where it was your favorite. And I go back and just talk about it, how I've grown since then. Some new understandings I might might have had on the subject. Uh, So, yeah, tell me what your favorite podcast was. Tell me what they are. I got a bunch of favorites. I'll tell you one of my favorites is losing weight. Uh, Christians on disability. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Does God speak? Is a very personal favorite of mine. Uh, the Dearly Departed. I, I can't say enough about that one. Um, reading is fundamental. It is just me talking, but I, I, I listen back to that to kind of center myself a lot of times. Um, man, there's a ton of them. Representation Matters. Am I a hypocrite? Uh, anyone with the questions, though. They're good. Like when when I had the one where we was talking about, is it, uh, are you a Christian if you don't go to church? So that's always cool. But go back, listen to all of those. It's beautiful. This is what it's here for. I have so many great plans coming up. Uh, I have to correct myself. God has so many great plans. There's some things that he kind of been placing in my heart. Once I, I get visions, seeing me do it, I know that, it's not too far away from me actually doing it. I had visions seeing me do a podcast before I ever did one. I did not know how to start doing it before I saw myself doing it. And then once I was in it, it almost was like deja vu. It's like, oh, man, I saw this. And I don't know if God talks and works in you in that way, but I hope he does. 
With that being said, Real Church Matters, episode 127, obedience over audience. But since I have an audience, let's get to it. So <clears throat> I've been um I've been really focusing on relationships. And uh all of a sudden, you know, things start working out where I was given the opportunity to preach. In, in a pretty a close window of time. So I preached on Sunday and then two successive uh, Wednesdays. And God just put it together where I was able to share this extensive study I've been doing that I called Holy Matrimony. But when I, I was preparing to teach it uh, to the church, it, it started to look more like a trilogy. And so it ended up being part one was called uh, a loveless marriage. Part two was called prenuptial agreement. And part three is called holy matrimony. It kind of rounded all out. And so part one was kind of exposing what's wrong with our love towards God. And then part two is kind of showing what's right with God's love towards us and how it isn't as uh, cute and pretty as you would think it is. He loves hard and sometimes it looks ugly. So um, I wanted to use this podcast to kind of uh, explore some of those topics a little deeper because uh, you only have so much time to preach. For those of you who, who would like to hear that, just send me a message. I will drop you a line with the, the first and second sermon. The last one, Holy Matrimony, has it will be next week. Um, but just drop me a line and say, hey, I would love this. You know, I'm in Istanbul or wherever you are, and I would love to hear that message and I'll make sure you get it because um, it'll. But these these will work. Listening to this will work without l- listening to it, but it enhances those messages for those of you who have heard it. So one of the places I want to start is something. I shared the scripture in the message, but I only focused on one part. I want to focus on this other part. Jeremiah 3.14, turn, O backsliding children. What I said in the message, uh, and I want to make sure it's clear here. A lot of people have opinions on what backsliding means. First of all, by him saying, O backsliding children, there is a possessive there. He's saying, you are minds. Your minds. You backsliding does not stop you from being God's. You are his. Backsliding is a qualification. So we're saying, oh, backsliding children, because you all have went back on your word. You all you all have went back on my word. You you are not. You are reneging. You are going back on the covenant we made. Some of you say, well, I never made a covenant with God. That's the thing. You've been betrothed to be married. To this God, whether you understand it or not, is on you. You didn't choose God when you decided, you know what, I want to serve God. You just came to your senses. You came to a reality that was already set up for you because he's yours. He committed himself to you before you ever committed yourself to him. That's an understanding we have to have because when we don't understand that, we treat God as if I chose you and I can unchoose you, but that's not the way this works. You have been betrothed to marriage to God since you were born. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he made uh, positions and moved things, orchestrated things, put people in your path, prepared them for your path so that you might be exactly who you are to him. This is not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that you ended up at the church you're at. It's not a coincidence that you ended up giving your life to Christ. This was the product of a God who always had his hand on you, has always chosen you and always said, that's my wife. Always. And so he says, you're backsliding. You are going against this reality. He said, but I'm married to you. I'm married to you. And I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. His whole purpose is to get you to Zion. 
I don't want us to get caught up in a lot of the minutia that churches get into where we're talking about uh, destinies and purposes and calls and, and who has been chosen, who's been called. There's one call that I want you to focus on today is the fact that he chose you. I know he chose you because you even listening to this podcast. That's not normal. It's not normal for you to be listening to this podcast. You listen to this podcast is not normal because number one, some of y'all just listening don't even like me. <laughs> That's the beautiful part of this. It's like beyond your interest in me or desire to get to know me or like of me or not like of me, you still find yourself listening because it's not force. God is moving in your life. To bring you to Zion. He wants you home. He wants you back with him. He don't miss Lucifer. He ain't want to be there. But he has a desire for you to come back. He has a desire for you to be a part of him. In order for that to happen, as he said in his covenant in Jeremiah 31, he's in third chapter 31, 31 through 34. I'm just going to... Uh, uh, Bring you to an understanding. Verse 33 says, I will make a new covenant and I will put my law in their inward parts. I will write it in their hearts. I will be their God. They shall be my people. If your understanding of your relationship as a Christian isn't to be God's people, you don't know what church is all about. You don't know what Christianity is all about. And I think you need to start to evaluate the realities of your faith because our reality is we came into this to be God's people. We didn't come into this to get from God. We came into this to assume the role of being God's people. Do you want to be God's people? Do you want to? I want you to be God's people. I want you to be God's people. You want a lot of things. And you, we got to be honest with ourselves. Our intention sometimes in coming to Christ isn't to just be his people. Our intentions of coming to Christ isn't to have his word in us. Our intentions of coming to Christ is not for him to touch our heart. We don't even want him to touch our heart. Not really. We just want to stop feeling a certain way. But feelings ain't what he interested in. He said, I'm interested in writing my word, my will, my agenda, my desires on your heart. It's like a hard drive. You came in preloaded with iniquity. Oh, my goodness. This is good. This is good. I, I'm sorry for y'all that's not techie. For y'all that don't. But this well, this is good. He, he's, you're a hard drive. You already got something preloaded on you. And he said, I want to overwrite that. With my truth, my understanding, my reasoning, my love, my fruits of my spirit. And we didn't want that. We didn't want him to overwrite our hard drive. We wanted him to boot up some blessings. Just throw a couple of blessings on my hard drive. Don't overwrite what's there. Don't format my hard drive. I don't need you to do that, God. I just need you to put a little bit more gigabytes on there. Make some more room for what I want to do. And that's not the way God works. That's not the way God works. And it won't work for you. It won't. It will not work for you. So once we come to this understanding that we are backsliders not because we drink and smoke and sex and whatever y'all uh, little proclivities or hangups are or vices are. Forget those. You are a backslider because you are going against God's desire, which is to bring you design. If the things that you're doing do not bring you a step, an inch, a centimeter, a millimeter closer to Zion, you ain't doing God's work. If your engagement with people don't bring them a step, a yard, a foot, an inch, a centimeter, a millimeter closer to Zion, you ain't doing right by them. You ain't. You ain't. Let me take you to this place. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me. Saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. 
It's everlasting. You, you know what we're saying here? He's saying there's nothing that can corrupt this love. There's nothing that can degrade this love. There's nothing that can die outlast this love. It's everlasting. There's nothing that can destroy his love. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. You know what? Everlasting love sounds good until you experience it. And then we usually say this person is obsessed. We usually say this person's a stalker. We usually say this person is very sociopathic. They are a very aggressive. And I want you to know, God loves hard. God loves hard. And in his love, it can get ugly because he has an everlasting love. It will outlast your last sin. It will outlast your agenda. It will outlast your filthy mind. It is built for us. Y'all know how it is. You know, some of you, you, you live in locations where you never even see snow. So having snow tires is not an issue. But when you're in a place that sees snow, even if it's for one or two months, you have to have tires that are prepared for that or you will find yourself not able to function when the environment changes. God's love is all weather, all seasons. It is all terrain. It can handle anything you throw at it. You right now might be listening and say, I am a lost cause. There's no hope for me. There is nothing I can do to fix the things I've done. I don't care what you've done. I can list out a billion things just going off of what people have said. It sounds so crazy. I don't care if at one time you explored homosexuality. I don't care if one time you aborted some children. I don't care if one time you sold your body for drugs or for money. I don't care if you was a stripper, a smoker a drinker, a fighter, a stealer, a killer. It doesn't matter. His love outperforms your sin. Ugh. <sighs> so, well, I guess that's where they say Selah, right? I was watching Mom and Pop Wine is in an old interview and Pop Wine has got so overwhelmed. He got so... Uh, uh, just caught up in what he was thinking about God. He said, man, just talk to your mother. I I, I felt that. I, I felt that because sometimes this stuff just hits you and you just, you don't want to talk no more. You just want to say lie. You know, people say say less. I, I say say lie. It's, it's just a beautiful coda to when God speaks and you hear it in the words, these aren't just words. You hear it in the words. He just said, God just said, his love outperforms everything. No matter your sin, no matter your situation, he loves you with an everlasting love. He says, therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. See, his agenda is to bring you to Zion. So since his agenda is to bring you to Zion, he knows the way to draw you there is his loving kindness. That's why he loves you so much. He loves you so much. But I don't think we understand what loving kindness is. And so I wanted to make sure you you understood what loving kindness is to God. And so I'm going to take you to a scripture that I shared very briefly at the end of my message, but deserved more time. So Isaiah 57 and 17 says, because of the iniquity of his unjust gang, I was angry. So God was angry with the people who gained through an, uh, an avenue or a means uh, other than his will. I'm just stopping for a second to make sure y'all understand it. God is not interested in what you got. He's interested in where you got it from. If it ain't him, who is it? Oh, my goodness. I'm just asking you. I see that. Yeah, you got nice things. 
Yeah, I understand. Oh, I see. Yeah, you got somebody. Oh, that's nice. That's cute. Hashtag black love. But where did you get it? Who would you get it from? See, I, I was that type of kid. I go to school with a toy, sneak and take a toy and then come home with a different toy. And my mother said, where'd you get this from? And I said, I traded with Bobby. And my mother said, yeah, that ain't that ain't what you do with the gifts that I brought you. You don't trade them. That's why Jesus said, what is it for a man to exchange his soul? He said, what, what profit is it for a man? And what does he get in exchange for his soul? I gave you your life. You come back to me with this mess. Where's the gift I gave you? Oh, man, that sound, that sound like my mama, but that's my daddy. That's my f heavenly father asking me for us. I gave you wisdom. You come back to me with mess. Where's the wisdom I gave you? Forrest, I gave you life. You come back to me with death. Where's the life that I gave you? Some of y'all, y'all got able bodies. You got functioning arms and legs. I gave you function. What, you come back to me with malfunction. Where is the function I gave you? Oh, my goodness. He gave us providence, grace, opportunity. Where's the opportunity I gave you? You used it as an opportunity to disobey me. Where's the love I gave you? You used it on the people that don't love you. Where's the purpose I gave you? You misallocated that purpose. Where is it at? Where's the body I gave? He said, your body is the temple of the Lord. All oh, you come back to me, ran through, beat up. Where is the life, the body that I gave? Where's the temple that was supposed to be just for me? What did you trade in exchange for? What is this that I see set before me? <sighs> what is it? Come on, guys. I keep hearing this word holy matrimony. I keep hearing people stand in a church and they make sure they do this thing in the church. I appreciate those people that be doing stuff in firehouses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Have your wedding at a firehouse because you married because you didn't want to burn. So it sounds about right that you do a marriage there. Uh, come on, you want to do this in church? Why you want to do it in church? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You want this to be blessed in the eyes of God. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You want this to be holy matrimony oh man here's the thing this is the kicker it's not holy if it doesn't belong to God it's not holy if it doesn't connect to his agenda it's not holy if it doesn't bring you closer to Zion oh man you didn't went and marry somebody and brought him closer to you you know you ain't not you ain't all that they ain't win a prize. All they get for being with you is you. Come on, man. That, it's not just you. If if I was engaged or married to anybody or dealing with anybody, this all they get is a man who's absent from God is a man whose entire agenda and purpose is to serve himself and love himself. A man who, who has a fire shut up in his bones that doesn't produce the altar, the, the, the true sacrifice that is a sweet smelling savor to God. How you got a fire in your bones and the only thing that you're burning up is your purpose in God. Oh, my goodness. I understand why in Isaiah 57 and 17, he goes on to say, I was angry. He said, because of the iniquity. I was angry. Some of you don't even care that God's angry. No more than you care when your spouse is upset. They ain't talking to you. They upset. They pouting. They fussing. You like, I, I don't care who he think he is, who she thinks she is. Of course you don't care. But here's the thing. They, they not God. But you don't care that God's angry. Hold up. You moving in a way and don't care that God's angry about it. And you say you're a Christian. 
You stood before God and said, did you want your relationship with this person to be under his eyesight and the thing that he puts together? Some of y'all, you quote that, you say, well, God put together, let no man put asunder. But he didn't put together what you have put together. The thing that he put together, you have brought asunder, or at least you try to, but you can't. You can't. And so God is angry. And he said, in my anger, I struck him. He struck him. Y'all haven't felt hit before by God? You know, they used to have this saying, they say, I'd rather get beat by y'all than get beat by God. God struck the people. He struck me. He said, and I hid my face and I was angry. He hides his face in displeasure. You don't care that God's angry. You don't care that he hits you. Some of y'all kind of like it. You're sick like that. You you, kind of like God beating up on you. You, you kind of like that he's, he's doing all this stuff to your life. You don't understand what it's there for. It's there to draw you to an understanding of who he is. And instead of it being used like that, you're still not, not getting it. I hope that you're getting it now. You might not get it after the podcast. I might have to say this 20 more times. You know what? I don't care. I, what I do care about is making sure I'm saying something that you could one day get. He struck him. He, he said, I hit my face. I was angry. But he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. He, there's a better understanding of backsliding. He says, backsliding is going away from me. He said, what way did he go? In the way of his own heart. I'm just trying to help y'all understand backsliding. Backsliding is going away from God. You are a backslider. Y'all don't know what a backslider is. They telling you in church, they like, uh, if there's any backsliders in here, the whole church should be up there. Because when God told you to go left, you went right. When he told you to go up, you went down. When he told you to go forward, you went back. Come on, guys. Come on. You're backsliding. You're backsliding. He went on backsliding in which way? Since you're not going God's way, where'd you go? Y'all know how this go. He said, where'd you go? He said, oh, I know where they went. They went in the way of their own heart. Whole time, God moved heaven and earth to try to get you back in Zion. And you turn your back on his agenda and his plan. And you go in the way of your own heart. I was sitting in Bible study and in Bible study is this is amazing in Bible study. I'm listening to the word. I'm trying to understand. And I shared something. And when I shared it, everyone heard it because they were attentive to the conversation. Somebody who was doing something else during the time they were supposed to be listening said, can you repeat it again? I can't repeat it again. And the reason I can is because the person who's teaching is teaching all the more. I'm not going to miss what I'm supposed to get to make up for what you lacked and didn't get because you was doing something else. And I'm saying that to tell you a lot of us are missing the mark because they we not paying attention. What we paying attention to don't matter. There's only one teacher. There's only one teacher. We sit there and we engage in a conversation, but there shouldn't be anybody distracted. And sometimes people think that they have a right to be distracted if what they're distracted by is sounds like or looks like it's right. That's not the case. You distracted when God is speaking and you you could be speaking about God. But if God is speaking, it's time for you to listen. Amen. Amen, church. I'm telling y'all, there's a lot of people missing it because they talking about God, but not listening to God. That's all I'm saying. Write that down. Ask yourself, why, am I talking while God's talking? That's disrespectful. I don't care if people talk over me. But God's talking. 
Are you talking while God's talking? Then you want him to repeat himself. God don't repeat himself. He said, I, I see this person going on in their ways. He said, I've seen their ways. God sees your ways. He's looking right at your ways. He sees what you're doing. He's seen that you went in the way of your heart. And now he sees the ways that that produces. Way, ways. Can we take a second? Let's just take a second for a second. Way is the direction you're heading. Ways is the things that are produced as you walk in that direction. That's why there's no deliverance. You are going the wrong direction. Deliverance is a is one of the ways that show up when you are in the way of God. That's why there's no peace in your life. Because peace is one of the ways that's on the way of God. That's why it's destruction and chaos and maliciousness and sadness and heartache. And anger and resentment. That's why you didn't make it to church. Because church is one of the ways, but it ain't on the way that you're going. So you're not going to see people operating in that way. You know, people always say, Forrest, what type of church would you have? I'd have the type of church where we're encouraging and directing people to walk in the way of God. That don't take a program. That don't take classes. You know what that take? Obedience. I'd have a church that obeyed God to no one's pleasure, to no one's opinion, to no one's biases, being no respecter of person, honoring God himself and him alone, walking this thing out like it's a real religion. Not like it's a show, not like this is this is foolishness that we all know is foolishness, but we love the camaraderie and the companionship that comes from being amongst people, but it does not produce what comes from being amongst God. Look at this. Look at this. He said, I've seen your ways, seen what you've been doing on your way to your desire. And your will and your heart. Y'all want to know what I mean? What I mean is, see, David's mind was set in the way of his heart. And we saw his ways when he conspired to kill another woman's husband. We see his ways when he conspired to conceal the birth of an illegitimate child. We see his ways when he made his way to somebody else's wife's bath area so that he might sleep with her. We seen his ways when he lusted in his eyes after her. We seen his ways, but it was on the way of his heart, his own heart. That ain't the heart that's letting God write on it. It's not, God said, I seen your ways, but I will heal you. I will heal you. I will heal you. It, it, there's a semicolon there. And the reason there's a semicolon there is because he is defining what he means by heal you. There's people that are sick in your body right now. I got news for you. Your sickness is not what God really want to heal. You are sick in many ways. We are sick because we are susceptible to the world that we live in. The body is dying daily. How the body dies is different to each person. To each person, all of us will die and we will die from a complication of life. <laughs> whether that be your heart just stopping, whether your heart attacks you or your heart gives up on you. Whether your body produces cancerous cells, whether your body just decides to shut down every motor function, every muscle function, you can give these things all the titles you want. At the end of the day, this is how people leave Earth. No one just disappears. Everyone dies and dies from a complication of living. 
this is not the healing that God is concerned with. If he so chooses to steal the or degrade or slow down what is naturally going to happen to you in some way is of no consequence to me or anybody else. So we're going to mind our business on that. And we're going to ask that God's will be done in your life physically, mentally, and spiritually. But what I do want you to understand is that the intention of God is always to heal. And he says what he means by that. He said, I will lead him. Lead him where? Somebody somewhere should be responding to me and saying, lead him to Zion. Lead you to Zion. He will lead you back to him. That's healing. Some of y'all don't even think you're being healed when you when God is leading you to him. He when he led me to him, he healed everything that I was really focusing on him healing. And when he started leading me to him, I said, I ain't asked for that. I asked for you to heal me. He like leading you to me is healing. When God leads you. You're being healed. Let him lead you. Sick as a dog, let him lead you. Filled with cancer in your body, let him lead you. Filled with heart disease, let him lead you. Filled with sadness, let him lead you. Filled with mental illness, let him lead you. Let God have his way. There's healing in it. There's healing. Tired of seeing people come to church and sick mentally, physically, and everything in between. Let him lead you. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself, too. We got to start letting him lead us. Lead me to Zion, Father, and everything about me will be healed. Because healing. Is the mission and the mission is to draw me to Zion. You know, I'm not fully healed till I hit Zion. Hello? Hello? Here's the crazy thing. I see people get healed in their body and go back to serving themselves. I, you know, it's the wonders of medicine are awesome, but you wasn't healed. Because we can see that you ain't led back to him. People stand up and say, God healed my body. How he healed your body, but it, it didn't lead you to him. Hello? Is this thing on? We talking that talk, man. He will lead on. He said, and I'll restore comfort to him. You got to get what he's saying. Y'all don't even know what comfort is. You've been comfortable in your sin so long. When you think of comfort, you think of it in a fleshly way. He is not talking about comfort in the way you think. He is. This is a prophet speaking, which means they're speaking prophetically, which means they're speaking about the future. And so sometimes you read these things in the Old Testament and say, well, that wasn't talking about the spirit because this is the Old Testament. Wake up and smell the seminary. I need you to understand that he is talking about the comfort of his spirit. I will restore to him my spirit. That's why David said what he said. He said, whatever you do, Lord, do not take your spirit from me because your spirit is a comfort to me. The only way I'm able to function in this world without losing my mind is the spirit of God. It came at a time two days ago. I was overcome with anger. I was overcome with frustration because I was seeing the people of God have uh, been Allowed, allowing themselves to be used in a mission of chaos and mockery to build, not to build the kingdom of God, but to tear it down. It overwhelmed me, especially when it deals with children. Whenever I see children dealt with in a shameful way, dealt with in a way that does not raise them in the admonition of the Lord, but exposes them to the sicknesses of this world. Whenever I see that, it gets me angry. It gets me focused on the things that God's like, hold on, tiger. Hold on. I have a plan. And his spirit begins to comfort me. Not with now, now it's okay, but with his truth. He said, uh, what you seeing might be not for your weak stomach, but I'm going to need you to take some emodium and get a stomach for this stuff. 
I'm going to need you to get a stomach for it. We, we, we weak stomach Christians or something else, man. We got weak stomachs. When you understand what God is doing because he loves his people, you no longer get a weak stomach. You can see the hurt and the pain that's being inflicted through disobedience. And you can say, yes, I see what God is doing. You can be excited, not because of what you see in your eyes. It's not something to be excited about, but because you see without your eyes and you see this has only been allowed because God has his hands in it. God has his plan in it and he's writing on hearts. You can't get mad because he writing on hearts, but he's on page one of this person and he on page 1000 of you. You got to let him do it how he going to do it and trust that his love is an everlasting love built to draw people to Zion. I might not live to see it. I might not live to see people walk out the purpose God have. I might not live to see the fruits of God's everlasting love in their life, but I know it's there and I know he's moving. And he reminded me with the spirit of his truth that lead guides and directs us and brings us back to remembrance what he has said. It comforted me. He said, I, I know I, I saw this man sin and I smacked him around and I turned my face from him and, and I, I was tired of him. But I'm a, let me tell you something. I, I've seen it all, but I'm here to heal him. I'm here to heal him by leading him back to me. God knows what it takes to lead you back to him. Can we, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there for a second to take you to what it takes to lead you back to him. If you go to Hosea chapter two, verses two through 13, he said, first in verse three, he said, I'm going to strip you naked. He said, I'm going to bring you back to where you was when you first was born. When you first was born, you had no phone. You had no money. You had no car. You had no friends. All you had was your parent. You were at their mercy. God is going to bring you back to that place of total dependence on your parent. He's going to bring you back to his bosom. He's going to bring you back to the time when all you wanted was the nourishment of milk before you tasted sin, before you tasted other means of nourishing yourself, unhealthy and healthy. He is going to bring you back to a total dependence on him. That's what he mean when he says strip you naked. He said, I'm going to slay her with thirst. Nothing kills us more than thirst. We we when we're so overcome with our desires, it, it, it overwhelms us. He said, I'm going to overwhelm you with all the things you need. You're going to need so much, so much. And you're not going to find people that can satisfy those needs that is going to cause you to be discontent. He said, I'm going to leave you in thirst. He then he said, I'm going to touch your children. I ain't going to have no mercy on your children because they are the products of your whoredom because you decided to play the harlot. You decided to play the whore. You decided to deal shamefully, as he said. He said you dealt shamefully because you went after your lovers. You said they will give you what you need. And he said, I won't let that happen. He said, therefore, I will in verse six, not only will I strip you naked, make you dependent on me. I'm going to make you thirsty in a thirsty. No one can quench. I'm going to touch your family and cause discord and frustration and hurt and pain. And even your children. I saw the two babies. I saw these children and I saw them hurt. And as I had to come to the terms that God hurt those babies. God hurt them. He put them in those places. He put that in that situation together. I know it don't sound good, but you weak stomach Christians got to get it together. I do too. I do too. In verse six, he says, I will put a hedge up in the way. He said, I'll make a wall that she shall not find her paths. When you're trying to pursue success, you will not find a ladder. You'll find a maze. You will find yourself confused. You will find yourself Going one place and turning into a dead end. I took these two little babies 
my two nieces, I took them to a sunflower maze. I thought they would be so happy about it. I was so proud we driving this hour and a half away. I was so excited to show them this. And we got there and we got into the sunflower maze. And I'm telling you, the, the babies made two turns, went to a dead end and said, I'm scared. They wanted out. The one baby, one, my one niece, she looked at me. She said, Uncle, it's time to go. <laughs> I said, oh, we just got here. She said, it's time to go. She said, we had fun, but it's time to go. This is how y'all are. In the midst of you trying to find yourself, in the midst of you trying to find a career, in the midst of you trying to find your purpose, in the midst of you trying to find your destiny, in the midst of you playing with wax paper, construction paper, Elmer's glue, scissors, magazines, making vision boards, God's going to show you how bored he is with your vision. And he's going to frustrate it. And you're going to get to your first dead end and you're going to say, it's time to go. It's time to go. I'm ready to go. I, I shouldn't be here. Yes, you should. Uh, you should be here. You should be here because this is what happens when you draw on by your own heart instead of letting God draw you back to him. He said at that time, she's ready to go. So, you, you know, we ready to go. He said, verse seven, you should follow after her lovers and she will not be able to overtake them. She won't be able to get her way. She won't be able to get the things she used to be able to get out of them. It says she will seek them and not find them. And I will. she will say, I will go return to my first husband for what's better for me with him than it is now. And that's how God leads you back to him. He said, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you with hurt. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you with frustration. I'm going to heal you with pain. I'm going to heal you with destruction. I'm going to heal you with nakedness. I'm going to heal you with thirst. I'm going to heal you with discord. I'm going to heal you with uh, rejection. I'm going to heal you in a way that only I can. And I'm going to tell you, God loves hard. And the people of God better get a stomach for it. Sometimes you watch those videos where they, they are fighting and you see people holding up cameras and saying, world star. And you like, why aren't they getting in there and breaking this up? These are heartless people who are more videotaping it than they are actually helping it. And I'm going to tell you, this fight with God, we can't break it up. We got to let these people fight. We got to let, even though it look ugly, even though it look nasty, even though it don't, it don't look like they're going to make it out. It looked like God got them down for the count. It looked like God then struck them and turned his face to him. And it looked like he's angry. But he says, I see it and I will heal it. He'll lead you back to him by any means necessary. Check Hosea chapter 2, 2 through 13. And I'll restore comfort to him and to his mourners, those who are hurt by what he's done, those who are hurt to see him the way he is, those who are hurt by what she has done, and those who hate to see them, see her like she is. We know what that feels like. I'm mourning people right now. They look like they dead. They look like they down for the count. He said, oh, be comforted. God is comforting. I know if he's comforting me, hallelujah, if he's comforting me, he is comforting them. He, if he's putting his spirit in me and he's talking to me, he is now talking to them. He's going to heal the whole bunch of us, the whole lot of us, the whole troop of us. Some, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. He said, I'm going to create the fruit of their lips. I'm going to create it when that spirit gets in you and it comforts you and it speaks to you. It begins to create the fruit of your lips. All of a sudden now you are speaking power. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm getting encouraged right now in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. The people who are who are 
look like they're down for the count, you're going you're gonna to hear the power of God speak through them because there's healing on the way. Peace, peace. In verse 19, he says, peace, 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 peace. That's what's going to speak from their lips. Where's chaos right now? Where's hatred right now? He said, peace, peace to the far and to the near. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. I'm so excited because it's good to know that God will heal them. But this healing ain't for the faint of heart. It's good to know God going to love them. But this loving ain't for the faint of heart. It's good to know that God doesn't ever give up on his wives. But this relationship ain't for the faint of heart. That's my prayer today as we close out. You know, this is just this is just a. Uh, a supplement to the messages I preached. Uh, listen back to them. Some of the things you've heard in there, I, I promise you this goes perfectly with it. Um, please, by all means, reach out to me. I will get you, uh, I will get my hands on, oh, I will make sure I get to you a loveless marriage. I will make sure I get to you prenuptial agreement. And Next Wednesday, I preach the final part, holy matrimony. There's some little pieces of it I shared in here that should whet your appetite because God's going to close this thing out spectacularly. For those of you who are in the DMV area, the DMV, the DC metro area, the, the Maryland, Virginia, Northern Virginia, please make your way. 3235 Swan Road, Suitland, Maryland. I know when I say this stuff, it, it doesn't add a timelessness to the podcast, but it, in 2019, October 30th, make your way. Is it October 30th? Yeah, I think it's October 30th. Make your way. Seven o'clock. I'm going to finish this thing out. Those of you who want the other two, I'll get them to you. I'm so thankful for you, for everyone that's listening. Episode 127. God bless.